0: 21st century Eves watching them step to the old for bay Ad- do- Yes. You know this song that I'm singing, this lovely, lovely song? Yes. With all the words in it?
1: Modern hits from our guests Adam and Elvis. Yes,
0: that's what I had a question about there, Dookie.
1: Irene, what would you like to know? You
0: know Adam and Elvis? I do. Dookie?
1: Yes.
0: Do you think it's the real Elvis?
1: No. What?
0: No. Elvis Costello? No. No, no, the real Elvis. Was there an Elvis before I Elvis Costello? don't know Costello? Who that caustic, caustic, but you know, the real Elvis. N- no. You know, the one with the burgers and the dining no. and the toilet and all that no. and carry on. You don't think he's come back, do you? No. Just between you and me, Dick? Y- yeah. Yeah, be honest with me. Oh, I will, Irene. Has he come back and been in your studio,
1: okay? uh, No, the Burger King has not been here.
0: Okay, what a shame. Indeed. I swear, damn shame. That's all I'm saying. I mean, they're still lovely boys. It's just. They a, are.
1: A, a lovely couple of Berkshire lads.
0: It's just. It's just I was going kind of to open it was the real thing. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. Okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to feel something. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: With me in the studio, Sylvia Silversmith.
2: Hello, everyone. And oh, I'm sorry, I'm eating a banana. Oh, excellent.
1: Well, a fantastic source of potassium.
2: It, it is, if, if it doesn't go particularly well with recording a podcast. Mm. Because eating and recording a podcast should be mutually exclusive. This is true. Did you know
1: that our simian cousins... Yes. ...eat bananas differently from ourselves? Do they? They start from the bottom do they peel them yes they do apparently it's the way we should be doing it we should follow our simian inhabitants on this planet
2: well it's too late for this one but mm. the next time that i eat a banana yes and i'm on a i'm on a once a banana one banana a day diet
1: right well that's all you're eating no, for the whole day no that's not all
2: i'm eating oh, I'm you're just, just restricting making your making sure that i'm having a banana a day right. in addition to everything else that i eat Brilliant. i will have I will try peeling it from the bottom.
1: Indeed, your whole world may change for the better. And I'm
2: sure the listeners will just be waiting with bated breath to find out how that goes for me.
1: Indeed, yes. Yes. We will have a separate section of future Duki radio shows dedicated specifically to improvements in your banana consumption. To, To the banana peelage. Absolutely. With me in the studio as well, Marsha McDonald. Yeah, what up, peeps? You sound a little bit lacklustre, Marsha. It's hot. It is hot, there's a lot of weather out it's there.
2: It's hot and it's been a long time, Dookie. Been a long time. <laughs> it has been a while.
1: It's Stuff's been a been while. Happening. Loads of stuff has been happening up and down the country. Marsha, you yourself have been travelling to the far reaches of the United Kingdom.
2: Yeah, I've been around and uh, uh I-, I got a new friend. Tell me more. Well, uh, Dookie, you put us in touch, so I got a new friend and uh, one of your your guests that you've had on on the show. Oh yes, the wonderful, uh, the very wonderful Debbie D- Smith. Debbie Smith, and uh, I think yeah, she's great.
1: Absolutely, she's very funny. Exceptionally funny.
2: She's a very funny. Funny,
1: witty, brilliant guitar player. Looks yeah. cool. Yeah. What more do you want in it's life? Just,
2: you know, it's one of those twenty-first-century friendships in that we haven't actually, you know, met in real life yet, but mm. online, it's it's fabulous. I had the pleasure. So shout out to Debbie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting with her a few weeks ago for drinks. Yeah. And I'm pleased to report that Debbie Smith will be joining us in the Dukey Radio Show Studios very, very soon.
2: Bring it on!
1: Bring it on! And a band who joined us here at TDRS HQ. Yeah. Adam and Elvis. A brilliant group.
2: You, you said they were pretty cool.
1: They were absolutely brilliant, lovely lads. And I met them through a gig that I was going to, not specifically to see them, at a venue called The George in the east end of London Town. And I absolutely loved what I heard. And when they were done playing, I handed. My Dukey Radio Show business card to the band singer, as you do, Pat. Yes, and <laughs> he told me off pod that when he received the card, he assumed that I was a therapist offering my services to him. Dukey, why did he
2: think you were a therapist?
1: <laughs> Perhaps he feels that he's in need of one. Also, the back of the Dukey Radio Show business card, there are other business cards has the phrase, let's talk, which... Oh, do- well, that must have been very
2: disconcerting for him. Indeed. To have this complete stranger coming up and kind of making out, like, I think you need a little bit of my help.
1: Hey, let's talk. I'm really worried about some of your envy, some of your penis envy <laughs> issues with your other band members.
2: Yes, you you appeared from stage to see, seem to have some <laughs> issues. Maybe you have a bit of an Oedipus complex. or yeah, Something like that.
1: Go, go, I think you might have an Oedipus complex. Place. We need to talk about this. How How'd long, you been?
2: And how long did it take him to work it out?
1: About a week. A week? I think he may have been a little bit conflicted oh, about no. reaching out.
2: That must have been a long week. The, the <laughs> whole week you're going around telling people or not telling people, but 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 thinking to yourself, uh, um shit man, this guy obviously thinks that I got a need for a therapist, you know. And and, and well, then how did he work it out?
1: I think he may have Googled Ah, the show and then realized that probably if anybody needs a therapist, it's me. So it's all good.
2: You know what would have been really funny, though, Dookie? If you had set up the studio... To have, like, a little Freudian, like, psychotherapy couch on it. Which it kind of does now. It does a little bit. And then you sat at one end in an easy chair just being very, very quiet mm. with your fingers pressed to your chin thoughtfully. Indeed. That, you know, just completely freak him out.
1: Oh, I would have liked to have done and that. And
2: then start asking about his relationship with his mother and whether he breastfed or not. Mm.
1: And the fact that his brother is his co in crime and, indeed, his co-guest on the show might have added a
2: a unique element to that therapy session. Dookie, Mm. I was in your house, so I met them very, very briefly. And what interested me most, they seem like very nice people, and what interested me mostly about uh, their coming to your studio was the one thing in your house that really impressed one of them. The dog? No, not the dog. Oh, Yes, the one thing in because you that
1: indicated that he's not a dog person. He got on very well with Molly the Spotty, the Dookie radio show dog.
2: I think listeners need to know that your house in within your house, there are many wonderful and interesting things. Thank you. And and lots of people comment on you have a collection of masks. Yes, which is a good word for me. Absolutely. Along your. Downstairs. Correct. So all the... And I love your masks Thank you. hugely. I feel like when I've been over here dog sitting for you, like it, when it's just been me and Molly in the house, I feel like all of your masks look after me. Oh. Like some people might think that they're a little bit creepy, but I think they're like... These, these masks are all looking out for me and they have my back. So lots of people... Mention those and, and maybe one of them did mm. but the, and you also have lots of neat things like you have your guitars on your walls and stuff yes. like that but there was one thing in particular in your house that impressed this lovely young man muchly and i thought that was very interesting in addition to molly the Sprotties. yes something in your kitchen oh yes tom
1: the bass player producer co-writer of adam and right. elvis noted yes my crockpot, or slow cooker, as wow. he called it,
2: Rock and, and roll. he said
1: something along the lines of "Ooh, slow cooker, <laughs> nice one." Wow! And having had the uh, an episode of the Dukey Radio Show called "The Slow Cooker Revolution," yeah, crack
2: a shit pack, yeah,
1: yeah, um,
2: yes. I, I,
1: Deeply honoured, and I realise how, That's a big honor for how you. middle class yeah. <laughs> both the, the band and myself are.
2: Here's the question, though, Dookie, have you been using it? Because, you know, these things are like, you know, whenever somebody buys, like, a new kitchen equipment, right? Mm. And then you go through the, you have this big flurry of using it, using it, using the fuck out of it, right? Yes. And then... You know, at some point, it just, you know, enthusiasm wanes and it never gets looked at again. The crock of shit. Popped. So, where are you at in that trajectory? Oh,
1: the love affair is still very
2: strong. He's making himself porridge. Yes aren't you? Yes. How do I know that? Because when I came over to watch your dog when you were out... It smelled beautiful. Y- it Cinnamon, It smelled beautiful. Apples. And and you said, help yourself to some slow cooker porridge. Mm. And I just thought... Actually, it. I think
1: I said crock of shit pot porridge. And
2: I thought, at three o'clock... On a July afternoon, when it's a 90 degrees out, porridge wasn't sounding too good to me. But it it did smell really nice. Did it come out nice? It was absolutely beautiful. Okay. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Apple and cinnamon, I Apple, believe. cinnamon, a little bit of nutmeg. Wow, rock and, and roll. And
1: Irish oats.
2: Irish oats? Indeed. How are they any different to other?
1: 47% uh, more mystical.
2: Okay, I like it. I like it. That's a good answer. That is a good answer.
1: (laughs) I've also done minestrone in it. I've done macaroni and cheese. I've done... Okay,
2: wow. It's all getting pretty middle class in here. Okay. Oh,
1: and a number of uh, breakfasts.
2: You make breakfast in a slow cooker? Yes. Have we talked about this before? We have. On the episode entitled
1: The Slow Cooker Revolution Will Not Be Televised. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I'm not yeah. going
1: to go back there again. I'm
2: yet to see how that works out for you, but, you know, good luck.
1: You'll, you know, imagine that it's the wee hours of, yeah. you know, that post midnight, pre sunrise. Yeah. Just got home. Yeah. And. You know, you're going to have a little bit Haven't of water. Haven't had one of those in a while, but and, yeah. And you're, you're thinking about <laughs> the inevitable hangover
2: right. that
1: you're going to experience by the time you do wake up.
2: Okay. That's
1: when you put in the ingredients, you time it in such a way that the food will be ready and piping hot and delicious. <laughs> Dookie. By the time you rise.
2: If I'm out partying that hard, I'm like, you know, you got a McDonald's up the road. You know, what are you, Nigella? I mean, she used to come home, like, on her show. Thank you,
1: by the way. That is a compliment.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, big up to the Nigella. She's great. I'm just like, you know, on her show, it would be like, oh, she's arriving home at two in the morning after a big party and she's kind of drunk. But she's going to make herself a cheesy souffle for breakfast or for brunch. I'm like, Yeah, I'm not. But go to McDonald's like a normal person.
1: Tom from... Adam and Elvis is a McDonald's fan, and he...
2: Yeah, well, aren't we all? His
1: word of... his favourite word, which we normally, you know, have guests introduce themselves, so you get used to the voice, was wretched and based quite heavily on his McDonald's diet.
2: So make of that
1: whatever you want. He's got a
2: McDonald's diet. I like it. Indeed. I like it a lot.
1: McDonald's and alcohol, basically.
2: Can I just ask... One question to get this back on a rock and roll vibe. Yes. You went to a gig recently. Yes. And I went to this gig with you.
1: Yes. And somebody else. And
2: somebody else accompanied us. Correct. Now, did you want to say what that gig was?
1: Cheap trick
2: at the forum. And Irene
1: Irene was singing along.
2: Yeah, I can't believe you guys. T- I mean, I don't really know who they are. I mean, I know who they are, obviously, cause, but you guys like really know who Cheap Trick
1: are, right? Marsha, they even did a great cover, not that night, but have done in the past, uh, a wonderful cover of Cleveland Rocks, a song which mentions yeah, yeah. your home state.
2: I like them. I like them like a lot. You guys like them a lot. I do. I, do. I hold them in enormous esteem i mean it robin is a thing of wonder and beauty and so is rick
1: and so is tom
2: and i always forget the bass player's name but his name is tom Tom peterson and the drummer who is rick's son Dax. dax dax nielsen now four more amazing men have not graced a stage in my humble opinion but they are very wonderful. I mean, Robin, do you not just want to put him in your pocket and take him home and stick him on your mantle that I know you don't have? You don't have a mantle, and neither do I. I but want it, to create a mantle just I so a I can do that. So I can put Robin on it. And Rick can be my dad. And let's, you know, should I just put all my cards on the table, Dookie? <laughs> Out
1: with it. Come on.
2: If Tom came and knocked on my bedroom door, I would not say no.
1: He's a very good looking man. He is
2: very lovely. But, you know, I wouldn't say no to Robin either.
1: For men of their vintage, they look (gasps) tremendous. And also, what's great is they're clearly loving it. Absolutely loving it. They are in seventh heaven on stage. Two hours of fun, fun, fun. Really, really good.
2: And Irene was having fun, fun, fun.
1: I didn't realise she knew the Dream Police inside
2: and out. Juki. It was almost embarrassing. She was about 80 years old when that yeah, song came who, who out. who was the oldest person there that night? Was it Irene? Yes. Didn't you, didn't you guys have to stand the whole time? Yes. She brought one of those things that you buy when you're standing in line, like one of those like little canvas seats that you can set up, but then you fold it back down again. Yes. She very wisely had one of those with her. And Roy was waiting outside in his black cab to you know, drive her home. He didn't give us a lift on, though, did he? No.
1: Basically, his argument being a black cab driver was he been driving all day anyway why should he be doing it some more but he and irene live in bethel green which is not that far away from
2: where we live i know dookie in deepest whopping anyway we all had a very good time it was very marvelous it was very very marvelous and they're just fun 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 and talking of fun fun fun
1: Adam and Elvis, brilliant guests. Very Thanks. funny, engaging people.
2: I was in your kitchen and I just heard you guys laughing up a storm and I just thought that sounds wonderful. I want to be part of that. They sounded like they were just amazing.
1: Loads of laughter, loads of tension at times as well. Not with me and the the lads. That's good. But being brothers and being in the same band in a non Gallagher brothers type of manner there were moments where you could really see them getting um slightly frustrated with each other and it was lovely it was lovely and That shows passion Ah, oh, really they, they it, both love and care about what they do so much
2: and a passion for a crockpot
1: indeed which is a really really good thing i think that's fantastic as mark Merrin has been known to say
2: mm-hmm. let's get
1: on with the show <laughs> With me in the studio, Adam and Elvis, Pat Malone, vocals
3: and guitar. My name is Pat, my favourite word this evening is doubt. And Tom Malone, that's not just a
1: coincidence on the surname front, they are brothers, bass, backing vocals and production. Uh, My name's Tom and my favourite word today is wretched. Doubtful and wretched. Sounds like the name of a Scottish acoustic folk duo. Are you feeling a bit doubtful on the the future? Is this your headspace just this evening?
3: I'm doubtful about the past, present and the future. I think that's the only intellectual way to be. Does
1: this have anything to do with your existentialist upbringing, perhaps?
3: Uh, Yeah, I wasn't aware I was existential at the time. I wasn't aware how lucky I was to be plagued with doubts. But now that I'm full of doubts, I feel gifted. Um, You know, you can go through life... Pleasantly unaware, having a great time, making love, buying houses, raising children, all you can go through life, Fully aware of what's going on, sweating at night, uh, biting your nails, and I'm lucky to be the latter.
1: You're not negative about your outlook in terms of this whole conveyor belt of life, just merely doubtful about your place within it
3: Um, well i mean doubtful not just in my own position i mean about the small intricate details uh i think i probably got that from my granddad to be um kind of slightly aware of the dubious nature of lots of things that make up the greater picture and the awareness that if you pull away one piece of the puzzle you're left with not uh uh, lazy puzzle or a uh, puzzle that's not fully formed you're less of a mess even one piece of the puzzle missing leaves us a mess I think
1: wretched so we've had doubtful and wretched, wretched. why wretched
4: uh, because I was asked for a short amount of time to think of a word and that was the first thing that came to my head <laughs> do you think it was a wretched request it wasn't a wretched request it's just wretched My, my I automatically go to bad points over good points um wretched I, I'm, I don't feel wretched I feel pretty good actually to be honest but wretched is just it's a nice word you can roll that R as well, I you, did you mean,
1: earlier a wretched, a wretched. wretched. To say. Yeah. I mean could wretched also be your favourite word at the moment as we're here in the studio due to your diet today which we were discussing off air Very quite rock and my, my roll. diet
4: is always pretty wretched my diet is basically alcohol and bad food burgers. I'm like you know I've almost had every burger in Reading to be honest. <laughs> twice.
3: Twice. I do
4: a little thing. I always excuse. We can get another burger and I'm like, well I'm you know, I'm judging them all. I've just gotta try every <laughs> one, see what the best one is.
1: Assess the consistency from Still, one night to the next.
4: Hope tap in Reading is <laughs> number one burger.
1: And is there a, a burger joint which stands out well, yeah. in your Hope mind? Tap. Hope, Hope tap tab. Hope tap. It's tab. a Weberspoons yeah. in Reading. Does, uh, does Redding still have the nah, got highest proportion of stabbings in the UK? Or has that been usurped by, I
3: don't know, Swindon? Well, or we've got we've to you know understand the difference between stabbing and penetrations. But there's right. certainly a high number of both. Um, luckily, we've never been involved in either, or unluckily, depending on your viewpoint. But I've never encountered some of a knife. And I think I'm a fair embodiment of the typical Redinger. So I think it's a pretty safe place to live. So, uh, you, it's, it's a safe, d- boring place to live. It's, right. It's pretty good. I mean, Berkshire is a,
1: a fine county. I uh, mean, you know. Like, the thing is, we, well, we've... a Tory safe seat so, we, we, so we, we, we don't want to talk we, we, about
4: that. We're not all of it. But where we are Oh, no,
3: that's right, actually. Was it East Reading changes. Where we're from mm. is
4: uh is very Tory. Set. Like, actually, I didn't actually see another place that actually had as much of a gap between the conservatives and second place is something like 56%. Really? Yeah, Emmanuel and then like everyone else is about 15% between them kind of thing. It's quite uh, it's early. It's uh, uh, the where we come from is RG6. Mm. is actually the most desired postcode in the country.
3: <laughs> yeah, to know. Actually, I think you'll agree with me on this. We get we go on to um we've been on BBC Barks before and they always ask us how do we feel about the reading music scene and how what is our place within reading and I know Tom will agree with Grimms it's not that we don't we d- disassociate ourselves from reading in such a way as that we ignore the benefits of living in reading but I certainly don't see any of our um, anything we hold dear to be unique to Reading, everything we hold dear in Reading is something that they've incorporated from something that's come from elsewhere. Right. So the live music venues are kind of replicating those of London or other places in the world. I'm not saying I hold London up, you know, by candlelight each night and you know but, kiss it. But
4: go on. I was gonna say, basically, in basically in simple terms, we play a lot of gigs in Reading. We play a lot of gigs in London. In London we see a lot of bands which are on our save and wavelength like you know they, they're trying to you know, it's within a pop genre a pop indie but you know they're trying to say things trying to be a bit weird bit crazy a lot of bands we play with in Reading mm. very you know you feel like t- 60% of them have just listened to Oasis they've never heard yeah. another band in their life and they just go for it with Oasis that's the problem but the thing I always think about Reading is one of those things just like I'm from Reading I say Reading shit Someone I don't know comes along as not from Reading. (laughs) Of course, it's mine to call Hmm. shit. It's the other thing. It's home. But it is pre pants, I said. Mm.
1: You have an inherent civic pride when it comes to <laughs> talking about Reading in front of non Ready Knights. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody decides to have a go at the jewel
3: and the crown of Berkshire... Well, This is what I'm saying. I'm aware. <laughs> Which is either, I'm it? aware that I'm formed. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've taken part no, of my Redding. character. <laughs> I've taken Sorry. part of my character. That's fine. I've taken part of my character and shaped from Reading. It's just that I've taken other parts of my character and shaped from Reading. I'm not proud of all of it. Uh, I, I, when we get asked this thing, uh, we're expected to give some blind loyalty towards Reading, and like, I think large portions of it is nonsense.
4: They say they say, "Oh, the Reading is now competing with London, which is absolute garbage." Because it's not competing. With- but the thing, it's not trying to compete. Like, it, does, it doesn't need to compete with London. Like what we do, which is what you call art pop, indie is it, yeah. you know it's pop but a bit weird, trying to do something a bit different. And reading yeah. Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. To them it's just like, Well, there's there's you know, there's this set of blocks, there's this there's this thing. I'm more- you do it this way, you play within that, and you think, Oh, I don't really quite understand what you're doing there, you've got but that with that. It's like whereas every band we play with comes on with two guitars, a singer, mm. a bassist and a drummer, and they just strum out half hearted versions of definitely maybe songs by Oasis. Yeah. Mm.
3: Worse than Oasis. Like I, will I, tell you one thing right now. I, I think it's unfair to put so much of the blame on Oasis covers. There's a lot of Snow Patrol covers as well these days. We've got to move with the times. There's Snow Patrol. Who else is there? Well, oh, are Biffy Clyro. Biffy Clyro worth Oasis. But no, well, no, 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 no you know, there's there's on the heavier
1: end of things. You do hear a lot of yeah, Biffy, you and you Chiro, Biffy Clyro
3: soundalikes. Biffy Clyro, I'd I, I go hear to in. Yeah, but you know it exists there. You hear Ooh. it as you walk past a different bar, bellowing out the window. Well, I go, yeah, I go there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's a bit of a. Nah. A curse in a way As soon as you leave London Or, or large cities you, And when you're touring up and down the country You do see this phenomenon You do arrive in a lot of places Where it, it's still for all intents and purposes 1996 still well, but, but this
4: is the thing The thing after I'm here today You're wearing a The The t-shirt <clears> Which is something that I know Patrick likes a bit of Me and Steve the keyboard player we love, but mm-hmm. like the idea of meeting someone in Reading that likes da is just, it's not gonna happen. Like, we are like this little kind of, oh, I love da 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 You walk into London and someone's got a fucking da da t shirt on. You're like, what? I want that t shirt by the way. Where do you get that from? This is-
1: Soul Mining is a, a tremendous album. How do you feel about the other other the offerings, Mind well, to Bomb, be honest Dusk?
4: With you, I, I I haven't actually delved in deep to a lot of it. I listened to the Johnny Marr one or well, one of the Johnny. Marle, I don't know how there many he did Mind one. Bomb and Dusk are the two he played on. Okay. It was it was it was good, but it, it didn't hit me like uh, Soul Mind did. Did it mine deep enough? So, no. So, so, this is the day to me. I just want the greatest fucking pop song I've ever written. I mean, it's literally insane. Like, I love. It. Everything about that song. Have you heard
1: Manic Street Preacher's cover of it?
4: Yeah, I heard it actually the other day. This is the day Your life, well, you Me and Steve always joke because I used to really like Manic Street Preachers. They're one of the few bands as I got like older, I realised I really don't like them anymore. But um, obviously, I like Bible. the Holy Bible. Like Bible. I like the Holy Bible. Like Bible. But um, I massively despise their later stuff. Um, but they're a bit like, it's a bit like Bono, right? Mm now, I hate you too. I find Bono really irritating, but he keeps turning up on all my favourite mm. people's documentaries: Pixies documentary, yes. Bono's there; Leonard Cohen documentary, Bono's there; Bukowski documentary, Bono's there, and Bukowski top at the weight, end. Tom documentary. Uh, to- oh yeah, he's is he on Tom yeah, Waits. Oh, Jesus on Christ! Documentary. And then even the Bukowski one. Bukowski's like crying at the end.
3: Oh yeah, Bukowski's last night alive. Second last night alive was spent crying at a U2 gig because Bono... Of course, yes. Yeah. I've
1: seen a documentary. I had yeah. no idea about that. That really...
3: I, I must admit, that let me down first. I'll con- let you continue your conversation a minute. That, that let me down first. <laughs> um, but then I read... Have you read Hollywood by Bukowski? I haven't, no. Utter nonsense. That's when he's... Because <laughs> he made that film, didn't he? And, um, Are we
1: talking about Barfly?
3: Yeah, Barfly. Who's the man? With
1: um, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Faye Dunaway.
3: Mickey Rourke's a young man. Very beautiful and um, yeah before the surgery and before time took us hold See, so he's playing a fighter and he goes into these clubs have you seen Barfly yeah I have and he goes into these fights and he gets a can we swear I swear all and you want cunting yes yes yeah, so he gets a shit <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry mum
3: he gets a shit kicked out of him every uh, every day and um, he's doing it just to get a drink and yet he turns up and there he is sure enough slightly painted on black eye but he's still you know Charismatic, he's still uh, chiseled. And Bukowski said one of the things about this film is that when he walked into the bars, he would tell a joke and no one laughed. And in the film, the character walks in and he tells a joke and no one laughed. And the director said, No, go back and do that again. That wasn't good enough. That's not going to make good cinema. So they made everyone laugh. And he thought, That's nonsense. That doesn't work. And it didn't work. And then Bukowski wrote a book about how it didn't work. But the problem about the Bukowski book about it not working is, is then you've got him going around making jokes about the people who made the film that it didn't work. And you just suddenly realise that if Bukowski isn't talking about really suffering and really, you know, wanting things, Mm. he's absolutely rubbish. He can't be at that point where he's making a joke where he's got to be the subject of the joke. He's got to be making these statements where you realise how lucky you are not to be him. When he makes these statements where you think, actually, you know what? It's turned out alright for him. He's no good whatsoever. That's, that's, That's like Jarvis. Cocker, right, Pulp, big pop fans. You pop fan?
1: Ah, huge. How can you not be? Jarvis but Cocker is an agree institution. Would you that
4: We Love Life is a bit of a dodgy album? It's the final Polk.
1: It's not the strongest effort. But basically,
4: it's him, he's really happy in his life, writing about all the green trees that's and true. everything. And it's like as soon as he's not writing from. But I think that's any good that's writer so generally good. has their part. has their set thing they can do very very well. Mm. Like well, so actually, it's more the average writers that can do a few things but yeah. the really good ones they can do one thing very very well and that's why you get one album by some artists for well, well this, is, this is hardcore a cracking record obviously the previous two are brilliant as well and then
1: this is you like this is hardcore because that
4: is oh, one which mate, does we, divide we, uh, we think, have uh, we, we, yeah, we, we have discussed less, less, we discussed the three pop albums yeah. like people discussed the three Star Wars trilogy I, I think mean, we literally. should really
3: hold in on this now. <laughs> so I think I think one of the standpoints of this band is is that we do think this is hardcore is one that most, well, I, I presume to follow me on this because we've adapted to each other and we've kind of made each other's dreams one and the same. Making albums like This Is Hardcore mm. is, for me, what I want to do. They are absolutely comical. They're absolutely tragic. They're absolutely eye-opening and they resonate with you in a way that you think, I've always seen that. And that's not to say that I'm going to go and sing about pornography or I'm going to sing about being alone in a hotel room. The art, really now, that, huh? the art now is to find the new that new uh, uh, ground that hasn't been charted before where it's the moment you sing about it, someone goes, oh my god, that's always been there and I didn't realise it. That was like that for This Is Hardcore. I remember weeks ago, in the early days, we'd go out and play in London, and someone would have to drive back and we would get lost because we didn't have a we had this sat-nav that would tell you to turn left when you're on the motorway and the only left would be off to sure death and <laughs> it, 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 the or thing lights that stayed red lights that stayed red for 25 minutes and we were really falling apart and you'd be listening to this album where a man is singing about not being able to make a woman come in bed and you'd be like this is it this is that realisation of that you are hardcore you make me hard you name the drama
5: and I'll play the part It seems I saw you In some teenage wet dream
3: I like you get-up If you know what I mean uh, I don't jump as cock as chef But it seems like a particularly Maybe middle class or White-collar frustration where you're, you know, you're, you're told to do these things which aren't really physical for a long time of the day. Mm. And I would like to think that one day we could find the area of frustration which exists in people. And you can't make this harder again. We're not trying to do that. And sometimes maybe we fall into the habit of trying to do that again. We are trying to find an area which is untapped into yet, the where there is a frustration amongst people who aren't living a physical life and they are longing to live a physical life. And that'll be our third album, I think. We'll get but, on the third but, album.
4: Mm. Well, we, we also want to write song albums like Different Glass and His Nerds and as well. Yeah. well yeah. Of course. Great, available no, no. all great want... record shops. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we a different class out. just for the moment, oh, I think is better than this is hardcore. No. We've had many arguments about that.
1: I mean, most people would say Despite. that hardcore is where a lot of pulp fans decided to well the to is, depart that, that particular because, you know, train journey.
4: We we obviously uh we've always been going back to pulp like we you know pulp have never existed since we've been anywhere near of age of going to gig so it's always been a looking back thing Mm. um so you don't we didn't have like different class and then this is hardcore it when we were looking at it they were all there you know his and hers different class even we love life jarvis cocker's first solo album came out in 2006 i was 16 then he was like 14 so it's Mm. like it's all always been going back so you analyze it differently it's like a bit like when you find an old band and you look at all their stuff it's one I'll go through the Bowie's catalogue it's like it was all there to start with so we never had that thing of going from different class to this is hardcore you're like whoa fucking hell instead
1: of it being Pulp at specific times in their career you just look at Pulp the band it's a bit like Radiohead I never had that
4: OK Computer to Kid A thing they were Mm. already thank god we didn't (laughs) I love love Kid A
1: I think the, the one threat that I certainly hear between Pulp and what Adam and Elvis do is. We make music, uh, don't we? Yeah, for that. Is that you, you make music. That's the one thing.
3: <laughs> so, what you what you, Sorry. You is a
1: sense of Englishness to your delivery um, without any of the kind of colloquial, provincial bravado that some other bands do, you know, particularly from the Northwest. I won't mention any bands in particular. But there is everything that I love about English pop, English rock, English art pop. I heard in your set at the George a couple of weeks back when I was at that gig and I was there to see one of the bands that were on earlier. A friend of mine's playing with them. They just had finished their set. I was in the courtyard area enjoying my pint. And suddenly I heard you guys kick off and I was chatting to various members of that band and I quite rudely said, I have to finish this conversation. I need to have a listen to what's going on on stage. That doesn't happen to me very often. Think Bob,
5: everyone loves Think Bob He's got fingers like a masseuse in the eyes of a hypnotist But when the world looks to Bob, Bob looks to them
1: your own world on stage with chemistry with tunes and with the baritone vocal delivery for one thing it just cuts through everything like a vox ac 30 amp and the arrangements are kind of one part jingle jangly another part pathos and infused with diminished minor chords i just felt i was on a to what Larry Mullen in the film Rattle and Hum called A Musical Journey. It's sort of a, a musical journey, really. You know? <laughs> 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 no, it's a it's, it's a... it's a musical journey. It's a shit quote, but I'm going to fucking, <laughs> fucking stick to it. I, I heard so many retro-tinged influences, but the end product that I saw on stage and your sound and I've been listening to your forthcoming album all week... It's retro-tinged, but it's not retrogressive. You guys should be fucking proud.
4: We were, we were very hard, on it. <laughs> it's like a poli- political response. I, I don't know that's
5: what I'm probably the nicest thing on, anyone's was, ever yeah. said to us, man. So that's your manifesto. Yeah, yeah. If you were
3: an attractive woman, I would certainly... <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I... <laughs> or an effeminate man uh, at this yeah, point. Just, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm a
1: little bit pretty. You're I mean, right. you're I'm you're slightly you're hurt, you're hurt now. Going. I thought um, we were bonding earlier. <laughs> No, well,
4: I mean, that's like uh, what's very nice. Of you.
5: She's a modern art student. I'm a child of literature I could even meet the eyes of her latest sculpture Touch my arm and softly say that I can fit it way But your friends are beautiful.
1: about pulp and how they had been an inspiration for you and i was trying to to think of how that thread continues you don't particularly sound like pulp i hear influences when we make music i don't think any
4: of us ever try to make anything basically we make what we naturally make but because we have a big vast of influences they all kind of come through in it like what we think we sound like isn't necessarily what we actually sound like and basically it just comes out how we did this for a long time. Like when we first started playing gigs, he wasn't even allowed in the venues, like he used to come in later.
3: That wasn't this band, but we we but it's the same we, band, basically. Well, yeah, because me and Tom are brothers and we playing different acts. But um I think one of the other things uh you said we don't necessarily sing with that. We don't play on the fact that we've got this English um,
1: Actually, half Irish.
3: Yeah, we're yeah, half oh, Irish. Oh, thank you. I'm um,
1: yeah. I'm also in Mick as well, and also I've got my Irish passport, which in these uh, Brexit times, it's, it's going to happen yeah. though. Right,
3: <laughs> oh, no wonder. No wonder we get on. Yeah. Over the past two years, we when we were when I was 16, Tom was 18, Tom was 16, I was 14. What that we were, we became fascinated by the 60s. The 60s was it. We couldn't understand why people why people we went to school with didn't agree, or we could understand, but rather we couldn't connect with them because they didn't agree that the 60s was clearly this era of musical experimentation. Not only experimentation, but experimentation that coincided with great pop songwriting. And we loved it. We loved the Kinks, we loved uh, the Beatles, we loved um, also who else did we love? I'm going to blank out the big two. Edison Lighthouse? Yeah, Edison, Edison oh. Lighthouse, God. I don't know Fifth was Dimension. A, yeah, Fifth Dimension. Fifth like, Fifth love, dimension? Gro- yeah, no, love grows my Rosemary Goes, I remember our dad chose that at a very young age. I mean, honestly, I would trade eight great albums and a documentary made about me on BBC4 to have written Edison Lighthouse, Love Grows My Rosemary Goes. We we fell in love with that six sound, but then over the past two years we've fallen in love with uh, Granddaddy, Pavement, all those typical American eighties. No, no. uh, eighties has come way more into it. Yeah, eighties. And that that thing where singing in that typical English way has we. I'm I I like when I'm when I'm singing. I certainly don't go to the microphone without thinking. What am I channeling here? I'm. I'm not. I'm not thinking. I've created my own realm of vocal style. I'm thinking, who am I going to tell? But
4: there is no. Could be says the... there's no attempt to be English that's just
3: how we yeah, sound that's what I'm saying. We, because <laughs> it we,
1: sounds really organic but, it, is, but, yeah, it but, isn't but, contrived
3: because we, because we incorporated the Englishness very early on with that 60s love at a young age now we're no longer trying to sound like these um, you know the Kingston people again now that just comes through naturally because it's, it, it's it's running in our blood within us because we took it on at such a young early age now we're trying to replicate acts like Leonard Cohen and things like that and um, well, I, don't, I don't think we're trying to replicate no anyone. not trying to replicate sorry but they, they're, they're on our mind Perhaps more than the kinks when I'm in that practice room, yeah. mm. and um, then the English just comes out because it's 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 not forced. It's, it's, not, it's just come through. It's better to say.
4: I think when we go together, the, the the influence is all there. I mean, we listen to music. Well, I used to listen to music like intensely, like when I was younger. Like, I was really like, insane. like I was one of like. Eh, uh, top set like you should know every album, every track list, every order, the length of every song. I was one of those people that re- like really just was completely obsessed with my teenage, early twenties years. Now all that stuff kind of is there. So mm. I mean, I I don't I don't listen to music the way I used to listen to music like intensely because it's very hard to have an actual general life if you listen to music the way I used to listen to music. It was uh, you know, it was it was obsession. A basically, music addicts. Yeah, well, basically, yeah, I, used, I used to be really, like, you know,
1: obsessed.
4: Like, just seeing it everywhere I went kind of thing. But um, now we've got so many different influences. And me and Patchett, we've had a lot of different... This band, Adam and Elvich, had a lot of different people with us. Mm. But now we have a really good guitarist, good cue player, good drummer. So the band's actually, for the first time in yeah. years, been real... Tight unit kind of thing, so it's like which so came that's across all the night. Yeah. Live now, yeah, the performances are so much. Like, we used to try and do it ourselves because people keep let us down.
3: Well, let's go. We went, we went on, we did a small tour and we went to I mean, a small tour. <laughs> we went to London, Reading, Liverpool, and Leeds. And our drummer, long drive. Uh, Tom drove all of it, and um, uh, we had to fire the drummer before because he was no good.
2: Can anybody play the drums? <laughs>
3: and we had to end up playing it with a drum machine coming through and the thing was that we had Dan and Steve of us there for that and and I mean these shows were a shambles and beautiful one at the same time but for, for anyone who was willing to stay with us after that it it became clear that they weren't you know fair weather members and so I think what we've got now are people who are willing to stick however cheesy it sounds through the, the tough bits and the good bits and the and what you actually get from that isn't just someone who's you know used to getting you know a bad reception of it. You get someone who's actually used to adapting and playing around. You know feedback people get, and so we've got guitarists and keyboard players now who have adapted to what people say, and we've actually changed a lot as a band. And we've actually we were malleable at first, and now what's happened is we've solidified into a way we actually quite like.
1: Mm. I think sometimes it takes those really difficult tours to filter out the people who are passionate or not. Oh, yeah, it did.
4: And that gig uh, did. did. Uh, at the end of it, we came back as basically for... The drum for, machine for, tour. Yeah. For, well, no, honestly, you joke. We did. That was a drum machine tour. It was. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> actually,
3: we, we played in Liverpool. We tried to do we it. in don't... Liverpool. And um, I, I remember playing in Liverpool, actually, because I remember we got there, and there was a very small space. We are like, OK, this, first of all, this isn't going to be brilliant. Which, which venue? Jacaranda. Shakaranda i record store. in had, had drinking a, my beer I had a record well. store upstairs right and we knew that Tom had to drive home for about four hours afterwards and so and we just played Leeds turned out to be okay I mean, we played about six people and about 30% of the crowd liked it and, and still they love it they Yeah, yeah, really yes they do and they keep they word keep, of mouth yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially with
1: Yorkshiremen yeah. and women
3: yeah <laughs> 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 and, um, and we were, we went and set up our instruments and everything well, where's the Salmon the Salmon isn't it? Yeah, so I think everything was in place for this to be a terrible show and so we went out and we had some Caribbean food I remember, I remember sitting there nursing my beer thinking I don't think we're going to make it through this I don't think we we're going to make it through a terrible gig firing a drummer and then driving him for four hours this is going to be the end of it this is going to be an absolute not a shattering smouldering end to it this is going to be a flaccid whimpering oh that was it <laughs> five years that was it and we got to the venue and still one there and so we set up and the drum machine wasn't working and we thought, Do you know what, sod it. Let's just play. You know, we'll just we'll just start playing these songs without the drum machine and see how it goes. Did the whole like sound thing? And a few next ringing out. People started coming down. It's like pouring down. There's people there. There's people everywhere. I think, oh, this It's actually a crowd. Let's go for it. And we played through these songs without a drum machine. And Steve, the keyboard player at the time, just picked up a tambourine and started playing in time. And it becomes aware to you how zany the stuff we're actually playing is. Is when you're playing without a drum. You think actually every other band that's probably coming in for the. I'm not boasting now. Every other band that's probably coming in for the past two weeks or so hasn't played these kind of discordant weird bits and then you know, I was dancing around the crowd, Tom was really, you know, half funk bass, half stranglers bass. Mm. And it was really a hybrid thing. And after that people were cheering and people come upstairs by the street saying you sound like the talking heads, you sound like this one person would say you like sound like the talking heads, one person would say you sound like, you know, Jeff Buckley, all this abundance of things you think actually do you know what maybe we've stumbled across something maybe those evenings where we sat around saying we're going to sound like this we should try something like this wasn't it maybe by getting in a car and driving around the country mm. you find that actually your characteristics as individuals is what makes something coherent and makes sense and makes something necessary and after that we were driving back i got too excited I drank too many espresso so i couldn't sleep yeah, for i was
4: basically patch it so it was a four and a half hour drive home actually waited until we were 45 minutes away from home and had a of espresso
3: well I was scared he was going to fall asleep at the wheel
4: and then I saw, him, I, I saw him that we got back while I was, I saw him the next that, day he, I saw su- after literally su- no sleep I saw him the next day I was like how was he I haven't slept yeah.
3: I haven't slept at all that's a side note to the point essentially, <laughs> essentially essentially, we can like Billy Joel we can like the Beatles and all these big characters but essentially we are a garage band in form. our ideas form through the necessity of spending time together I think okay, yeah. we write songs away from the rooms but they take They take shape when we're in rooms together, I think.
1: Is that horrible experiences that you have on the road
3: become what, the most entertaining what, from a banter point? You're aware how lucky you are when you're stuck in a car just playing, you know, even a gig to like five or ten people. You're aware like it's better than just stacking shelves night in night out. So mm. it's good to have some kind of creative output that obviously you in, you inherit from middle class parents. But
1: you were saying just earlier that the arrangements and the gestation of these tracks, you know, didn't come overnight they 're the result of you all spending a lot of time together working on them in the studio.
3: Well, one of the things that was really interesting about it was that I kind of when the album is produced by Tom entirely produced by Tom, Tom is the only one who knows how to turn a sound that 's gone. Uh, and then there's an abundance of things on top of that. And the rest of us, are, not only do we not know how to turn the sound desk on, but we don't know how to turn the sound desk on or try to turn the sound desk on without starting to fire, all that. We really are illiterate with sound desks yeah. and that stuff. And so when we started making demos for the album, I would play a lot of the hooks on keyboards and things like that. And then it just sounds like I'm not a keyboard player. And so what we did is we played together in this live room for ages, went off this shambolic Tim Pot tour, came back, and Tom was saying, uh, actually, even though you've written these parts let Steve play it let's get it, that room sound to it and so I think a lot of it well all of it really without sounding too arrogant apart from some licks that are added by Dan is written by me and Tom we, we, we're the ones who sit at home in rooms writing these songs rock, coming up with the ideas what they're about and then what we've tried to do now is capture the atmosphere where we're all playing them together because mm. people actually play them with their own natural spin on them.
4: when we started this album the other three members weren't in this band we started this album with another three members and they went and we recorded a lot of the stuff with old members so basically it was me and Patrick in a room with basically Patrick coming up with things on keyboards and we, we were adding random stuff random shit like to it and we kind of had the album done in a sort of way but then when once Dan and Steve were in it was kind of the, we started playing live we are like oh this guy because Dan's like a really good lead guitarist like, let's get him playing some of the lead guitar so we've re-recorded Bits of the songs over and over again it's kind of why it's taken so long also I've learned a lot while doing it Like at first I was trying to make this massive kind of a huge production which I then realised was not really what we wanted we needed a more kind of raw thing so mm. we went back and reproduced it in that way
3: I've come up with a metaphor to sum up Tom's hard work on learning how to produce where he goes give it to me I think we tried to um, build a boat out of the raft when we went out to sea on ooh, so we went out to sea with nothing and then we said, Tom, right, build it up whilst we're already in the midst of making the album. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Can't. Nice. <laughs> Fuck you, T.S. Eliot. Is that He's I mean, uh, still not. I
1: mean, a banker. <laughs> yeah, He's a know. wanker.
4: I think I, you
3: mispronounced that. It
4: works on that album, you know what I mean? But, like, I, you know, I'll, uh, next album I'd produce it. It's a more
3: than the metaphor for the next album?
4: Totally of <laughs> <slightly laughs> Yeah, well, next will be a yacht. I don't know. It's like, it, it, it's, it works for it. But, like, I was going into it not knowing what I was doing on a lot of it. So I've learned a lot from doing it.
1: I think there's a beauty in that because it, instead of being contrived, it's very immediate. You're well, in it. the I mean, zone. It
3: is, that
4: basic album is written by us, played by us. Every, there is no, no one else has had any input in that. That
1: whole entire thing yeah. is us. There is no one else has had any input on the album. I mean, the weird thing is that it's quite organic and seamless through and through. Drums sound like drums. That. It sounds oh. like people in a room making music rather than... I've got eight bars of this, I'm going to chop it up and motherfucker, I'm going to paste that cunt
3: it's over It's funny you say there is a lot of pasting
4: on. because the original drummer did fuck up a lot of shit and I had to sort you've it
3: edited, out. Then you've edited it very but well. Well, I think, I, think, I think this is the art of it. I think the fact is we we got, we got had a drummer who was, quite frankly, shit. and uh, Well, he was. And Tom had to then take his recordings and make them something good, which he did in front of a bit of um, Victor Frankenstein editing. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that he's... Um, uh tom's created something organic or organic sounding is promising for us but scary for the state of uh human perception on what is real and what is not <laughs>
4: I mean, oh, 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 All, like, oh, 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 no, are you having a
3: go all albums like that no you <laughs> no i don't know no do you think do you think,
4: the future, there's, any, do you think the there's any do you think there's any outro on that album I couldn't hear any. There well, yeah, fucking is, boy. I tell you <laughs> that. Really, <laughs> some of those songs are tuned to shit. To be fair, Padgett's had a few singing lessons since. He's a lot better now. Yeah, we but we are. The not- funny thing is, <laughs> we when we made the album, we made the basis of the album, We were not the performance we are now. We were not the band. Paget was only recently become the lead singer. We didn't used to have a front man. We weren't really sure what we were doing. It's only about a year or two since we've really known the setup of the band. Well, mate, I was the lead singer for about three years yeah. in the band. It was weird. Yeah. Like we we didn't know. What we were doing? Yeah. No, that's it. We were working on it. We've taken. Have you seen *Doors to My Bush*? <laughs> yes. You know the one where they're finding the sound. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like that. Open your mind. Let us begin our quest to find the new sound.
3: We were going around <laughs> our metal We detect- were in the desert, but <laughs> we, <metal> <laughs> detect- <laughs> we stopped off at the odd we look- uh, green. We King didn't rob <laughs> anything. We didn't rob anything of Satana.
4: Are you sure? We didn't rob anything of Santana. <laughs> <laughs> and no one had ate dicks, but we still did. Like that was it. We were looking
1: for it for ages. I mean, in a way, it's a bit like your bass playing. I read an interview where you were a bit disparaging about how you came to be a bass player in the band, and it was a bit like. But then I heard
4: heard the Stranglers, and I've changed my whole outlook.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, but JJ from the the Stranglers—the immediacy of those bass lines and that aggressive sound—is like if you're an
4: arrogant narcissist who's a bassist. That's the way you got to go, really. Because the bass is generally an instrument for in the background, but it's like that kind of way of playing, it's like, well, actually, I'm at the forefront of it all. Because basically you have a, you've you you up the fre- you've got the treble really hard. Absolutely. you basically, you take it, you say, get rid of you rhythm guitar, nah, no more. You just, bam, you, you cut through with everything. Your frequency spectrum's massive when you're playing that kind of bass. Because you have the, it's not on that record, because I hadn't quite, discovered how much I wanted to play disgusting day bass had, on that album we
3: had rhythm guitar didn't we so we yeah, yeah. but we're not good at, for the second album it's going to be more refined in the sense that um, at the moment it feels like it's going to be more refined I might change a million miles per hour but it's going to be much more based on Tom's uh, all that stuff you said about music stuff I understand on, on
1: the track Cruel as winter well, the, that's, bass that's, is the prominent. One, that's
3: the one song where that
4: is the bass sound that I want to get in more of it music. that Song mm. that's yeah, that's that, that that is the bass song on the album. That is the uh, it's about, what, about a minute and a half bass. Get... I've
1: lived with this album for damn, since damn, you damn. sent me the link, and it's what's your favorite song? It's been a long while since I've listened to an album where it all feels like it's part of a family. Yeah. I'm Normally, really, this really, feels like really glad I'm glad yeah, say my
3: biggest fear was that. It wouldn't sound like it was a family. It would sound like a lot of needy children wanting to be loved. I Apart from Quillas winner, actually.
4: Cruelest I, was, I saying I was. I, I
3: was no, more, I'm talking about um, my biggest fear. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying it's my biggest fear. I was fit. more concerned about the fact that it was it wasn't going to sound
4: like it fit. Like there was too many different genres in it or something.
3: No, no, no. I would say it, if anything, it sounds like my my biggest want for this band, oh, this album. Sorry, is that when it it will. Um, reignite a love for the potential for pub bands. Like the way the Stranglers did. You know, are that there that you could you could just imagine walking into a pub and seeing the Strangler playing no more heroes. Mm. Like, that. like I don't mean like a small venue. I mean a small pub where they're playing in the back room, there's a pool table side. And a lot of the time we spent working on songs has been in pubs and I think uh, some of it can be quite abstract at times, but at the same time it's almost desperately like I, I, I think part is good and part of it's bad, the fact that it's quite needy lyrically and in the structure of the songs, that it always arrives at a big chorus, it always arrives on a big... it's written to be played on a Friday and Saturday. That album is very much written under the knowledge that we are going to be touring on Friday and Saturdays when we can. It's not going to be played on Tuesday or Wednesday.
5: What the hell do you think I'm dancing for? I'm not involved.
1: Will penalties be levied Were those songs to be played On a (laughs) a Monday or Tuesday Uh, If
3: they're played by Others then yes But we could nail them on a Monday or Tuesday (laughs) Right, But I would send out a group email Advising people to the next day off work Please
1: do not attend this gig No attend the gig But book the the next day off work You are going to be recovering the next day Work is simply not going to be an option I will make you breakfast Yes. really what kind of breakfast would you make what is
3: uh, uh, I would your make breakfast well, sort of choice I would look what's in your cupboard and then um, <laughs> yeah mix it with jam yeah jam. jam jam you can yeah. never go wrong with jam jam, jam, jam toast
1: yeah <laughs> weirdly despite the fact that you are making it sound like a, a <laughs> Frankenstein with Cohen at the helm it, to me it
3: sounds like you guys well that's the thing Is the thing is, what we, like, this is the thing, we don't think we make it we, we didn't ever sit down together and laid out an album. We, w- what happened was when we decided after having 10 or... T- we had about 15 songs we thought, okay. And we thought, Jesus Christ, our hair's getting thinner. Let's make an album quickly. I've lost
5: a few more hairs. I think I'm, I'm gone wrong.
3: And then we started to write our notes when we were in the pub and saying maybe we could make an album or no, actually we've always known we want to make an album, but I'll go on too long if I start talking about that. And then the idea of this Cohen and Bukowski thing, that was when people started talking about us and interviewing asked rather they said, What do you like? And you know, I like Cohen and at the time I like Bukowski, oh, I'm starting to distance myself from there. Um, and it was never written in the start of saying, Let's let's write this album so then when people ask us what we sound like, we'll say Cohen Bukowski. We like an abundance of things. we, we you know, it's like Jack Carak's On The Road if it wasn't shit it's writing as we go along it's just you know soaking up what what takes our fancy a lot of the time what takes our fancy is stuff from the past and stuff from the present so it's very hybrid um, but it, it was never written so that people would say hey have you heard Leonard Cohen if you like Leonard Cohen you'd like this lot it was written in a way that would we can't afford therapy so we thought we'd make an album basically it was The high was... cost of therapy leads to creative excellence. Well, if you say excellence, and I'll put that
1: on the <laughs> oh, album. cover. Also, I mean,
4: you know, it, all bullshit aside, man, it, you know, we do like great tunes. as things. It's, 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 they're catchy. It's going really good. You know, the, the it, songs it, it, are king. with good. you guys. It's a good fucking record. That's the idea. Yeah. It's a good pop record. You know, it's a record you turn you think, yeah, You know, pop like record, even, yeah. I you, know, you can say, oh, read this into it, read this into it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this is, you put it on one of those albums, you think, this is fucking fat, This is sick. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, that, that dude, there's not really, yeah, what we think and... I mean, we change our mind every minute of the day about yeah. what it's meant to be but what pop, it is it's always pop you're right. but, not, always but, pop. I, we're, we're, but when we're in the room making music we're not thinking anything yeah. other than this would be sick that let's try that that'd be yeah. cool that'd be sick that'd be sick yeah
3: it's the,
1: the word contrived did not come to mind at all it, it does it sounds organic you
3: think, but that comes naturally no but you know I but you're mean, not thinking that's gotta be pop no, no, but you know, I, sometimes I think we, we we have had conversations in the room where we said oh we can make that outro four minutes no, yeah. it, we go, we, no we agree with the cage but we're still not fighting we're not still in with the blue No. No, or no, a set no, of rules. no, not true, but it's certainly song length. Maybe at the
4: moment we do, yeah, but that's still not stay. A, that's not that's not an actual uh, a thing that happens. That's just happened without us realising no, no, it. No, because yeah, we know what right. we like.
3: Yeah, we know what we like. Yeah, and that is part but of no everything. Well, I
4: can't do that because that's not pop. You never said that. We've never done. It. We just we just do it because you think. We cut songs cool.
3: shorter. Because yeah, but it not because
4: it's pop. Because you think that song should be short. Sure. Yeah, because we love pop. No, but we don't say that.
3: We don't yeah, But we are that.
4: aware that that is our tribe. Yeah, but pop. You know, Dark Sun on the Moon is pop as far as I'm concerned. I and mean, Dark
3: Sun the Moon doesn't never goes on for too long.
4: Yeah, but it's still eight minute songs on it.
3: Yeah, but what, yeah, my, that's my true. Point
4: is that it? Is not a uh, uh, textual
3: interlude yeah, feature you don't with Pink Floyd. Think it. It's not a yeah. tangible thing. It just. No, but we are aware we couldn't make Dark Side of the Moon. We are aware what we're thinking that when we're in the fucking studio. I think we are. Well, I'm not. You think you you think you could
4: make? No, I don't think. When I make music, I don't think about what I'm doing. I just think about that would be cool. Let's make this. It's
3: not. It's not on the. It's not the main part of you know your brain activity, but it is there. I (laughs) I think that
1: attention spans have changed since 1973 when Dark Side of the Moon was made, and you may look at that as something which. You respectively hold dear, but how you approach stuff now is with the 2016 2017 approach of but, what keeps your attention but together. But, but I, but I, but
4: it's just because what I like is that kind of music. I just I I, I prefer to about era Pink Floyd because I like free... I, I think putting incredible amount of pop. Sensibility within three and a half minutes with no fat is brilliant. Pixie's that it's all about that. That's, that's the, the way I think, like that's the way we think. It's, it's not about thinking, oh, let's not make it too long for the. We've got the songs on like The Artist on the mm. album that's nearly six minutes long. It's it like, genuinely
1: doesn't feel it,
4: no, but it is.
1: It's a longer song, but it's still It's quite an emotive song. The idea of kind of somebody who's only an artist at weekends and everything. It's <laughs> a lot of people can uh, certainly sympathize, empathize touch thighs (laughs) based on on that
5: I'm an artist on the weekend baby I'm an artist you go to all your friends, all your friends, and I'm a lover, I'm a lover of themes in a palace full of nobody's you. Be my squeeze Come on and be my squeeze
1: I detect a bit of sensitivity about how you think about things in advance and, and blueprints and. That, that isn't the case, nor does that on a personal level interest me. It's, the bottom line is the album sounds really organic. Normally, when I listen to an album from beginning to end, which is a rare thing to do these days for mm. a new release. Definitely. Mm. It's, I'm, when was the last time I actually got an, a, an album that, that is recent where I sat down and listened to it. I made my tea and just enjoyed the moment. The thing is, when I've had to do that recently with some bands, I have come across filler where I've looked, you know, on the CD player or iTunes and I've been mindful of how many minutes of a song are left. I don't like being that person and I wasn't that person with your album at all. Nothing felt laborious. The, The whole experience passed very quickly because the album's really fucking good. Now, how you guys rationalise, how you came across the right way to approach things, is, is your own business. I think it works. I do have one issue though, and this is a big issue, and this is maybe where shit may hit the fan. Now, I came across an interview in which you guys had promised, and I think this was in Uh-oh. autumn oh, or late two thousand sixteen, yeah. and I understand that yeah. there was a, a song that was going to be called the Ballad of Britney oh. Spears oh, that's that's on it. it.
4: That's track that, 5 he, that's got no re- he, got re- he got renamed he made he fuck you I didn't he, know that he, he got
3: renamed it. he made me change the name Tom I'm pointing at Tom maybe me changed the name and the rest of them We didn't fit It <laughs> didn't
4: fit with the, the the whole album's quite like human and like uh, it's not there's, it's not really set in a kind of psychedelic it's all very earth down to earth kind of you know day to day life kind of thing Bad of Britney Spears the name makes no sense on that record mm. So it just
1: got called Snow talk Obviously, it was a title that you enjoyed at that time, and it oh, resonated yeah, it with Pat you. His title, it right? resonated yeah, no, with you. I think,
3: I think the downfall of British bridge is absolute, uh, what Tom was saying and not being human. I think I, I, think we've taken away a lot of the human facts of it. I think he didn't say that at times. No, you know, it's uh, it's hard to speak up when Him- Himmler, Goebbels, and the rest of them <laughs> are chanting at you. But I think I think part of the. Um, pretty smooth downfall was that apparently, well not apparently, so uh, she certainly appeared human for a short while and that was it. You know, record sales plummeted when she wasn't caught on camera appearing, you know, perfectly with makeup, perfectly, you know, uh, you know, symmetrical facial-wise. She had a child, it was with the father rather than the mother, which is total taboo in American culture. Uh, I thought it was very exciting to have a song that was just played out aggressively towards that demise. And especially when it was played by a bunch of men, because it you were saying
4: that I didn't call it Snow talk. I, no, I of, I I st- no talk. I don't remember any of. I don't remember any of this because uh, a lot of stuff I uh, say he doesn't go with. So uh, uh, this is uh, uh, we a uh, we both changed that. It was not a I said it and patch it. No, I, the, I, 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 I,
3: I think, mean, I, think it's, I think it's understood that I wanted to call it Battle of the British Spits that
4: that, that, that that debate never happened. Well, it never did. I the tension
1: in the room is palpable.
3: I said I wanted to call it Battle of the British Spits
4: I don't remember the argument. Remember you? I
3: said I the room. You called it Snow Talk. Yeah, because... You've, I remember you, like you agree
4: with me pretty vividly about saying that, and you said, yeah, yes, yeah, but it's no talk. Good, yeah, But you yeah, never said, I want to call it that. All oh, oh. right, let's move on. Because you happily say if you don't agree with me...
3: Yeah, I did agree with you. It. It's the fact that there was other people agreeing with you. Who were they? Steve and Dan. No, and nah,
4: it was me and you when we had the debate. <laughs> it wasn't, Steve was there.
1: Now, the band's moniker apparently was inspired by Pat uh, studying the Bible. Does that mean that theology has... Featured heavily in your... No, not at all, no. None
3: of that, no, none of that Father John Misty, then occurred nonsense. Oh, Bible's redundant these days. I think I think people now who try and have biblical imagery in there, just lazy, that's completely... In the in Western England, well, no, that's just... No, uh, I think that's people who wanting to pick on an easy target. I mean, Frankie Ball was talking the other day, yeah, attacking people who uh, make fun of religion, and I'm, I'm all for that. I think it, now it's so redundant. Leave it alone, let's attack capitalism. Um... But at the time when I was studying that at university uh, there was the big push for the gay marriage thing and I thought it would be quite fitting. Th- this was, I put this forward in a bunch of band names. I thought Adam and Elvis rather than Adam and Eve because that'd be quite funny because we were trying to get not me personally um, they were trying to get gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. No, I absolutely. Now, I regret it now.
1: But uh, the name works. The one thing that is proof in the pudding is that when you're at a a music venue and there, there are loads of bands on the bill and you hear people mumble their name the collective name on stage it's really easy to forget it by the time the next band is on i remembered your band's name it, it stuck out the the uniqueness of it that's good that's one of the most important things I, I work at a studio in reading
4: a lot of bands come up to me with their band names and you're like sorry what they it, it kind of like these ridiculous names which are just like mumba-jumba you're thinking well how am I meant to remember that well in a way I mean basically all it is is a title to find it you know what I mean it's mm. like the band name's really irrelevant in the whole thing the band name has absolutely nothing to do with the music that's been made by it. it's, it's, a, it's quite catchy it's a bit weird but it kind of works because it is a kind of you know it is a bit like wait, what's going on there
1: it's quirky and so is the music and yeah. even if you've grown tired of the name, people who hear you for the first time, that's what they'll know you as. And the quirkiness of the name will soon just become a brand. Well, that's it. The name, brand. the name
4: eventually becomes the thing just that, you know, any band that you like, you never think about it. You never think, oh, the Beatles is a terrible name.
1: It is the- a bad name. It is it a terrible is. It's name, isn't yeah. 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 Th- it? That, that is quite horrible as it well. It is. It's atrocious. It's an anti-name. Yeah, it is.
3: It's a name before the digital age as well. Now you've got to search something. Now you've got to be aware that uh, if you search something it's got to be unique and found so you can't mm. call yourself um, you know oh, what's the famous film you can't call yourself Suicide Squad now because <laughs> you won't you won't come at the top of the Google list no you'll get mixed up with terrible reviews
1: <laughs> I mean it does help having a name that begins with A in yeah, terms of where done. you are in the catalogue listing. I was like we're
4: first on that, uh, uh, <laughs> we're festival. In that festival oh no we're not we're just alphabetical uh, order we're on the bottom stage <laughs>
1: When the album comes out on the 30th of September, 2017, where can people click and purchase?
3: Okay, so, first of all, 30th of September, first thing you should do is come down to Oakford Social Club in Redden, because that's where we're having the launch party. You can buy a CD, potentially a vinyl there. I don't know what... You know, I haven't been to the Dragons' den yet. I don't know what they're going to be willing to offer. Um... <laughs> To go and buy, just go on Facebook and do some research. I don't know, to be honest. Just go online. Spotify,
4: it'll be there. Stream it. It'll be there on Spotify. On you can buy. It if you own.
3: message us on Facebook, iTunes, we'll, I'll send you a copy. iTunes,
4: SoundCloud, uh, <laughs> all, all of them. Any, any <laughs> of them.
3: <They're> literally, <laughs> the same
4: place that everyone else releases a record. It's on all of them. Yeah. I put it up. It's if basic, you really like it, a, you'll do some research. No, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't, forget it. You don't have to do any research. Basically, we put it on the same thing that every other record you buy is on. Either you come to the gig, you buy the CD, or download it on iTunes you stream it on Spotify you stream it on Tidal you stream it on uh, any of those it's all of them I put it up I, cl- I click the boxes they're on it's on every single thing that you can buy a record on
1: if it's available digitally you're going to be on that bad yeah,
4: boy basically it's going to be on there don't go into HMV hoping to find it you're not going to find it no. but yeah.
1: can you find an HMV for that matter
4: no, but you can't find it Indeed. Don't well, go
1: looking for it. It's not don't there in don't, don't, don't go to HV. Never go to Don't
4: go to HV unless you're looking for anything yeah. before 1994. Yeah. Um, you don't need another DVD box. But set. On, on the internet, the way you where you, bought it, where you buy any of your new band's records, it's there. it's there. It's there. It will be there.
1: And how can people Fricks. link
4: up with you on the book of face? www.facebook.com slash Adam and Elvis. Which basically, but if you're on Facebook, anyway, I think you have to be on Facebook anyway to go on Facebook. So, and I think most people have Facebook anyway. But if you type in Adam and Elvis, be... now, I can tell you there's no other Adam and Elvises. We are not one of the many Adam and Elvises out there. Um, hey, making... I've called my this You guys are assholes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, they're, 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 yeah, we're the only Adam and Elvis. Um, it's it's like it's, it's done the same way everyone else does. It is. It's there. I mean, it, you look anyone Google it, it's there. Where? I mean, yeah. yeah. Is it the
1: people People out there, they're intelligent. They search for things all the time. Yeah, that's it. They're going to be able to find this shit. It's fine. It's there. It's all good. It's all good.
3: Uh, We are organising a festival through our own DIY Freak Power Records label. It's called Austerity Festival. We've got the Pin Ups. Uh, We've got Pit Ponies off the same record label as Meat Raffle and Fat Family. We've got Secret Tongues. We've got Us we've got varna who are the best band in the world right now and we've got three mile island and we've got political talks we've got well i say political we've got a lecture that's going to be spread out in three segments the opening sentiment will be said at the start of the day then at five p.m. the middle of the lecture will be delivered and then before the final act the conclusion of the essay on austerity will be delivered there will be poets throughout it. there will be a schizophonica dj who will be playing who you know if you've seen george tavern it's three quid because it's an austerity festival Every penny from it goes to the bands and their drug habits.
1: Fair, <laughs> fair enough. And this is all happening at the New Cross Inn in New the Cross heart Inn, yeah. of, of South yeah. London. Is it, all the
4: money goes to the bands. Yeah. Oh. What's, what's the austerity? It's just about a festival. Oh, okay. It's just we live in a time no, of austerity, it's, 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 and that's why you need to support yeah. bands because, it's not a charity because entertainment <laughs> is
1: important. And that's New Cross Inn, which is a stop on the Ginger Line, also known oh. as the Overground. That's on the nineteenth of August. Summer will be well underway. And when does that? What time does that all kick off? Midday, midday
3: till two a.m. I mean, three pounds. For three, exactly, it's austerity, that isn't it?
1: And New Cross Inn is a nice venue. It's a nice the venue. The staff oh, are
3: nice, and it's eighty percent. It's twenty percent <laughs> of drinks before eight p.m. Bring it on. So you need to arrive early. You need to arrive. Right. Oh, and Purple impl- I forgot Purple Implosion. Purple Implosion are on very early, and they are better than... Varna. Uh Elton John. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Not better than Varner, but they're good. Guys, thank you very much for gracing the Dookie Radio Show studios with your presence.
3: Thank you thank for you. having us. I feel much better inside now.
1: So do you feel less doubtful?
3: No, but I feel happier uh, about going out into the greater world for the time being. Lovely.
1: What about your wretchedness? I never felt wretched to begin with, man. I feel, it was just your I favourite word. There's
4: was a word you asked me for a word. I you I, know I, I jumped. You know i grabbed. I, I, gra- I reached out and I grabbed that wretchedness. I don't know. I'm a half glass half empty guy. I'm actually not feeling. I'm pretty good actually. Excellent. <laughs> We're all pretty good.
1: Excellent. Well, that is indeed your lot. Pat and Tom Malone, two incredibly funny, driven and talented individuals. It was an absolute joy to have them on the Dookie Radio Show. Make sure that you put the 30th of September in your respective diaries, or if it's the future, go back to 300917 and get your hands on their soon-to-be-released album through snow and small talk available at all good and indeed bad digital retailers on planet virtual you've been listening to our interview with adam and elvis my name is Dukey and i i've been your host until next time may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday now it's time for me to go and uh, <coughs> pop my weasel dark shame for listening Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the
2: way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel.
1: Facebook! Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. Easy to find, it will not take an age. Facebook .facebook www.facebook.com forward slash The Dukey Radio Show, The Dukey Radio Show The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash The Dookie Radio Show The Dookie Radio Show The Dookie Radio Show
0: Please may I have keys keys? What the hell do you think I'm not fool I'm the E for the modern age Yes Oh yes Oh yes ah!